Folks, it's time for What's Your Game? Welcome to What's Your Game? Thanks for finding us. I'm Oscar Zodkevich, and I hope you stick around because today... A belated Nintendo Direct reaction, Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz has a different announcer, but first, let's talk about the Switch Pro rumors. I feel like Nintendo Direct would have been sort of the go-to start off for this, but didn't do it last week. We'll talk about a couple of things, but this Nintendo Switch story is pretty crazy. Perhaps crazy is the wrong word, actually. It's not crazy. It's not crazy in the sense that I don't believe it. But it's interesting at the very least, right? Okay, let's start from square one. A story from Verge by Richard Lawler came out last week, basically detailing the potential for what would have been the Switch Pro, the Nintendo Switch Pro. He quotes uh, a Bloomberg report that suggested a global chip shortage is why plans fell through for a Switch Pro that would have included upgraded hardware and things like that. This was a rumor that has been circling around for a while. The Switch is pretty old. It's not on... Nintendo's no longer on the generation cycle with its consoles because it it got the Switch out and the Wii U was phased out so quickly. It's not really necessarily on the same competition cycle with uh, with Sony and Microsoft for their consoles. So there was this expectation, or perhaps not an expectation, but a potential for uh, a Switch upgrade. It's a pretty hardware capability wise it's it's not exactly killing it in that department right it doesn't even it doesn't output in 4k in fact i'm pretty sure it's only 720p if i'm not mistaken there's a lot of different hardware res- things with it right i'm not i'm not i'm not an engineer i'm not even going to pretend to be one so i don't know for sure but that's my understanding of it so these were rumors that have been circling around for a while well nintendo is coming out with a new piece of hardware, the Nintendo OLED Switch, or OLED Switch, I'm not exactly positive which way you're supposed to say it, but, and it adds a couple of capabilities. The screen is going to be better. They say that the audio is enhanced. Um, It actually has an Ethernet port, which, again, like, I can't fathom as to why that's something that needed to be added, but whatever, that's fine. It's going to have some quality of life stuff. It's going to be a better playing experience. So it is a hardware upgrade, but it's not exactly a Switch Pro in the sense that it's going to have these massively big upgrades to its hardware. Um, It's just, it's some more like smaller quality of life things that people certainly will enjoy. I don't think I'm going to get it. I actually considered maybe trading in my Switch and moving my uh, data and stuff. I don't know though. I'd probably have to do a little more research into that, but I think the hassle would just be too much. I don't play in handheld enough. Anyway, this isn't about that. Anyways, this this Bloomberg report comes out um, that suggested that 
perhaps there was talks of a Switch Pro. The reason being is, and I'll quote directly from the Verge article here, quote, the outlet, which previously reported on the device, backs up those reports by saying it's identified at least 11 developers, naming only Zynga, who have received 4K Nintendo Switch development kits. Specifically, Bloomberg claims employees heard from Nintendo that they should design games to target the higher resolution, end quote. Now, this is important. If I recall correctly, and I don't know if this is completely accurate, but I saw that Zynga has not ever made any type of software for Switch. I don't know that that's true off the top of my head. But that would seem to be a sign that perhaps this was not just a simple this wasn't uh this wasn't labo you know this this wasn't uh this wasn't necessarily just some uh some small thing this might have been this might have been a bigger a bigger piece of hardware now uh nintendo responded to this story not publicly but responded to bloomberg said its reporting was inaccurate um, Nintendo did not specify which parts were inaccurate, but they said it said it was inaccurate. And quote from the Verge article, quote, after we published this story, Nintendo went on to categorically deny the entire report. End quote. So, yeah, Nintendo probably didn't want this getting out because if the reason why they are not making this new powerful Switch Pro, if that's because of a global chip shortage, well, then the question then becomes, well, if if there is no longer a chip shortage, will we be getting a more powerful platform? This is important because Nintendo seemingly does not want to do any more new hardware with the switch after the OLED. That seems to be pretty clear and pretty well understood. Bloomberg's sources say, this is a quote from the Verge article, Bloomberg's sources say that if an upgraded model appears, it won't go on sale before late 2022 at the earliest. Um, Now, Nintendo doesn't seem super keen on doing this at all, like I said, but it is worth noting it is worth noting that this is not the first time where Nintendo has pretty much outright, well, I don't want to say outright lied, but they have been outright disingenuous about investigative reporting. It was on Eurogamer. This was Tom Phillips' story, and I believe he was the one who tweeted this as well. The, there were At the time, it was rumors that the Wii U would be halting production. And that was information that Eurogamer had gotten or someone had gotten. Nintendo, again, denied the claim completely. They, quote, it says, I'll read directly from it, quote, Nine days ago, Eurogamer reported, this was in uh, November of 2016. Nine days ago, Eurogamer reported the final Wii U model would roll off of Nintendo's production line that following Friday. A day later, Nintendo publicly denied our report. Quote, there is no change to our continuing Wii U production, a spokesperson told Japanese site IT Media. Thanks, Kotaku. <laughs> That's a direct quote. Wii U ending production, 
quote, was not true, the spokesperson said, and quote, even though the Nintendo Switch is slated to go on sale, Wii U production is scheduled to continue, (laughs) end quote. Today, Nintendo's official site has been updated. It reads, Wii U, quote, production is scheduled to end, end quote, and end quote. Uh, This article obviously went on to say that production could literally mean anything. So at the very time of that report, it was technically untrue. But that doesn't mean that it was, you know, untrue in the aggregate. So is it possible that we get a Switch Pro? Maybe. It maybe is. But I get the sense that this may not be like the Wii U thing. It may just be they wanted to do a Switch Pro. That wasn't a completely unfounded rumor. There were limitations, economically speaking, with a chip shortage, and they just simply weren't able to get it together. So they sort of took a half step with the OLED model, and this is kind of where they're stuck now. They're, they don't want to invest this whole big hardware upgrade for a new switch though granted i do think it's important to note and i I think this is i think this is a this is a very salient point the switch does not necessarily have a five six year lifespan like every like most consoles nowadays tend to have right that does not have to be the switch i mean the switch is already coming up on that mark pretty shortly i don't sense that there's any reason to believe that the switch will be ramping down or that nintendo will be looking to make a new console within the next two years guaranteed actually certainly guaranteed two years is probably even being too conservative breath of the wild 2 comes out at the end of next year bayonetta 2 or i'm sorry bayonetta 3 is coming out at the end of next year Splatoon 3, which again, we'll get into the direct a little bit after this. There is no reason to believe that these huge AAA titles are going to come out and then their Switch support's going to be gone. The Switch could be around for five, six more years. I mean, this could be a console that lasts for a decade without competition from Nintendo, without trying to phase it in or out. So is it possible that something of a Switch Pro could come in the later future? I would say yes, but I do think it's pretty telling that they still decided, that Nintendo still decided to come out with this new Switch OLED model and make some of those upgrades now, and I think that buys them some time. Though I will say, I guess it's really not out of the realm of Nintendo's precedent to (laughs) bring out a whole bunch of new models for something like if you look at the 3ds there was like 30 bajillion different models of that console so it it wouldn't shock me to for them to do this though i just think this is sort of a buying time thing and i think this is great work uh i know nintendo life had this uh good for bloomberg for getting that information and and for these these sources for covering this and being diligent um, because ultimately they ended up being correct so I think that's awesome. Good work to them. We'll see about if a Switch Pro ever comes out, but I think maybe we should be not holding our breath on that. But like I was saying with all those AAA titles, many of those got updates or completely new release information on the September 23rd 
Nintendo Direct. Now, obviously, when this episode comes out, that's going to be a couple weeks old. I didn't come out with an episode last week. Sorry. But we we got to talk about it. I can't just ignore it. There was so much, so much information in this Nintendo Direct. There was just a ton of stuff, and I frankly wasn't expecting that. You know, I saw, I, and I, I hate to do this because I can't credit the person because I don't remember who it was, but I saw on Twitter someone had done some research and saw that there was a, uh, a copyright or a trademark or a patent that was expiring. It was being held confidentially, but I suppose you can't hold those sort of things confidentially for uh, you can only hold them confidentially for a certain amount of time. And that was expiring, I believe, on that Friday. So there, And it was for a new controller. So they knew that there was going to be some sort of controller unveiled. I thought that was kind of cool. Maybe it was going to be some new kind of pro controller, whatever. Um, there was obviously going to be some pretty decent information in here. But I did not think it was going to be this extensive. It was It was pretty insane how much came out and uh, was expanded upon in this direct. I thought it was really great. So let's start with just general updates. Um, Age of Calamity is getting a new expansion pass. Um, not a game I play personally, but I got to say, I love that. You know, I, I don't play that game, but if I was a guy who played Age of Calamity, they've been getting expansions every single direct, it feels like. So... If you're a fan of that game, you have to be a happy camper how much attention has been being poured into it, at least in the sense of just getting more content, right? I don't know the quality of these expansions. I certainly haven't seen a lot of footage of these, and, and I don't know public reception. But the fact that they're still coming out with it means that they're willing to support this game, which is important. I think that you know supporting games like that and and continuously doing so I think is really important. And uh, I won't get too much into it, but Mario Golf Super Rush is kind of the same sense. uh, It's getting a new update. I believe it was a new character, two new courses, Um, and it's the same sort of thing. Now, Super Rush, I think, is a little bit of a different story where I go, hey, why didn't we just get this in the first place? But, But I do appreciate that it is still being attended to. Because I don't think it, I don't know if what they were expecting it to sell like, but I don't think the reception of the game was all that great compared to what Nintendo was probably hoping for. So I appreciate that they didn't just go, okay, not a great reception, so let's just can it. Uh, I do appreciate that. Though I, it, it does still kind of feel like these things are things that could have been in the game from the start. But like I said, I'm not going to go too deep into that. We've been talking about that for two episodes. Animal Crossing is getting a new update, which if I recall correctly, it's been quite a while since it has gotten one, a substantial one, but but I don't even, I don't play Animal Crossing either, so I don't really have the the, uh, ethos to be talking about this, but I just, I couldn't help but, I couldn't help but talk about the fact that they made an announcement for an announcement for new content on a Nintendo Direct. They said, hey, here's some info for you. We're going to be giving you some more info sometime soon. (laughs) What a baller move. (laughs) 
What a move. Hey, we're not going to tell you anything right now, but we're going to tell you something in the future. It's just too funny, man. Too, too funny. In terms of new stuff coming out, um, we got a look at Bayonetta 3, Splatoon 3, which we already knew was coming out. Um, Dread, I'm just going to save because Dread's going to be coming out here in a couple of days. No use uh, talking about it too much beforehand until we actually can get our hands on it. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. What a cool looking game. Kirby has been getting a lot of support from Nintendo. I don't know if it's because Kirby games are typically, they seem to be a little bit simpler in terms of design. Like it's a little bit less complex. So maybe that it's because it's a little bit easier and they sell pretty well and they have a wide audience, they're willing, Nintendo is willing to kind of put a little bit more attention towards those games and bring those out with more frequency. I'm assuming that that probably plays at least some role in it. But this one looks really cool. I think that Kirby games and Yoshi games specifically have this cool sort of niche where they're not going to be all that difficult. It's not going to be like the Donkey Kong Country thing where it's like, it's just fun, but it's still going to challenge you a lot. It's more like the, hey, look, we, we want you to play through this whole game. We don't want you to get stuck. We want you to just enjoy it. We want you to have a good time with it. But this one actually seems to be a little more cutting. I don't want to say edgy, but the setting I think is very cool. From what we've seen, it looks pretty innovative um, compared to Kirby and Yoshi games that we've gotten before. I don't mean to continue to lump those two together, but I do think that there's at least some similarity uh, in that regard. So that'll be cool. I'm excited to see more about that. Perhaps the most, oh, I don't know. I don't want to say anticipated because frankly, I don't think it was anticipated. But perhaps the most uh, stark announcement was the expansion of Nintendo Switch Online. It will now be supporting Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis coming sometime in October. And before we get into the here's and there's about it, I got to be honest with you. I didn't think this was hap- was going to happen at all. And I was very, very wrong. I recall weeks ago, maybe even months ago, I saw rumors that Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and maybe Game Boy Advance were potentially coming to Switch Online. And I believe it was Nintendo Life that had those rumors. Which that made a lot of sense to me because those are obviously a lot simpler emulations, right? Where it's like, not that it's like difficult to emulate Nintendo 64 games, but what I mean is that I think that there's a level of simplicity to those games that sort of goes along with the simplicity of most of the NES and Super Nintendo titles that we have. Like we don't have Chrono Trigger or Super Mario RPG on Switch Online, but we get a lot of puzzle games and, you know, sort of more niche titles. So I think it made sense logically that they could be like, hey, this is a fine addition. You're paying 20 bucks a year. We can add Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. Game Boy Advanced games, I was a little more skeptical of. And I think 
based on what we saw with the Castlevania Advance Collection, that perhaps that's a sign that GBA might not be a step that's going to get taken. However, uh, that might not be true because the Castlevania Anniversary Collection is on Switch, and that has all the Castlevania games from NES and Super Nintendo, and they're not on Switch Online, and there's still those consoles on there. So that could be completely wrong. This is completely conjecture, but um, regardless, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about N64 and Genesis games. Now, I'll be frank, Genesis was not an expectation of mine at all, but I think it's very neat that it's going to be on Switch Online. Golden Axe? Hmm? Altered Beast? Just saying. The Nintendo 64, I think, was something that people were asking for for a while, and it also is going to come with a little bit higher of a price point. Okay, here's the thing. The Switch Online capabilities are pretty low. <laughs> you can't even do like party chat on Switch, right? But you can play games online. You can play your Smash and your Mario Maker 2 and your Mario Kart online. You get access to the NES and Super Nintendo and it's $20 a year. You know, you pay it once and you just forget about it. I, I don't even notice that it's coming out. It's just such an inexpensive purchase. So I'm fine with that. Now, I don't know what the price point will be for this upgraded Switch Online Pass that includes N64 and Genesis. And I'm sure there are going to be other capabilities added in to sort of like sweeten the pot. I don't exactly know how much it's going to be. I've heard that it's maybe going to be like 40 bucks a year. And I kind of understand if we're splitting hairs here, how maybe that's not worth it. But... Okay, listen, I very much understand that the uh, ability to play Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games online, well, on your computer, emulate them. You can put them on other hardware if you want to play them there. You can, whatever. I understand that, right? It's not like, it's it's not like that's some, you know, difficult thing to do i get that and i understand their capabilities for playing online with people using those emulators i get that i get that but <laughs> i mean come on you don't want to play like mario kart 64 online with your friends on switch that's that's kind of nice you know and i think the biggest thing about it... Now, I don't actually know that you can do that. I don't know if... I know that you... Obviously, the Nintendo... The NES and the Super Nintendo games, that's one of their things is you can play online with others. I'm gotta assume that that's gonna be the case. You can do four-player with N64. I mean, what the hell are they doing if not? I just think that's kind of cool. I just think it's kind of cool. It's neat. It's it, That's such a huge thing. And the other big thing is emulation is not a bad choice. It's not a bad option. In fact, I guess for most people, I think it's probably the right move. However, I think that there's some level of there's a simple there's some level of simplicity that comes with this. I'm an adult, right? I know how to do this, set up an emulator and find ROMs and that. I would never do that, obviously. 
for legal purposes, but I could. (laughs) But for children who play this console, for people who maybe they don't want to get that much into the weeds, but they just have that little kick of nostalgia, is it worth paying 40 bucks a month for that? I would say so. I I think so. I'm sorry, not $40 a month. Whoa, that would be way too much. $40 a year? Yeah, right? That's like three bucks a month. Three something a month. I think it's worth it. I really do. I, I really think that there is a certain level of access that that brings to have something like this on a console. I just think it's worth it. But the one thing I thought was kind of strange and the reason I didn't I thought that this wasn't going to happen was frankly partly because of Mario 3D All-Stars. I thought if they're go- if they're going to make a Switch online service, they're not going to make a Switch online service without Super Mario 64. I'm sorry, with with N64 capability is what I'm saying. They're not going to make that edition without super mario 64 and now they come out with this game that includes mario 64 as well as you know uh galaxy and and sunshine so i just figured they're probably not going to do it they're probably just going to continue to create re-releases they're going to polish some of these games up or pretend to polish some of these games up and then go from there and they're going to sell them for you know, they maybe they'll do a uh, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time thing and uh, say that they clean them up and then sell it for 50 bucks. You know, like that wouldn't surprise me. That that was kind of what I was expecting after 3D All-Stars. The fact that they're not doing that, I think is kind of great. If I'm just going to be honest with you, I much prefer having a system where the games are just there. You can play them on demand. You know, you have you have the ability to go back and Save state and do all that if that's what you want to do. I think it's good. I, I just don't think there's anything. I don't, I don't. I think that's a benefit, and I'm glad they're not doing it that way. But I was surprised because of that, and I was talking to my brother about this, and he was like, "I'm a little like, a little bit jaded that I bought 3D All Stars because he said that the main reason he bought it was for Super Mario 64, which is you know what he played growing up, and." Now he's didn't need to buy it for the other two games, though. Obviously, it's a good entry into I don't think he's played Galaxy. And, you know, I just started playing Galaxy on Wii. So certainly can attest to how good that's been. But I understand why I'd be a little bit frustrated with that. But I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely going to get it. And I'll let you know how it goes if you don't want to get it. Which I understand. If you don't want to get the Switch Online expansion, good. You don't have to. Really. I mean, like, and I'm not saying that in a snide way. I mean, really, you. it's not... I understand that there are probably easier options to play a lot of these games. But I think it's a good thing for a lot of different demographics. And I certainly do plan on picking it up and adding that. This is where most podcasts would have an ad break. Well, I couldn't get Microsoft on the phone, so for now, I run this operation off your support. Just by listening, you are doing just that, supporting me, so thank you. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and like the video. If you're on a podcasting or streaming service, you're welcome to give What's Your Game a rating. 
be honest though. I mean, five stars would be great, but am I worth it? Thank you sincerely for listening. I deeply appreciate it. All right, cutscene over. Okay, last story today is actually not a personal anecdote. Today we're talking about another news story. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania comes out. Actually, I believe for the date of this episode release, it'll be the day of. So we're not going to talk about the game or anything like that. This is one that I would like to pick up, though. I've seen mixed mixed reviews about it, but I haven't played Super Monkey Ball in a really long time. These were games I loved. Whatever. That's not what this is about. This is about the announcer for the Monkey Ball series who was dropped from this game and is claiming some discrimination against him. So the announcer's name is Brian Matt. He has been the Super Monkey Ball announcer for quite some time now. And just last week, a story from CC Zhang on Kotaku said that Sega claimed that Matt was, quote, never even involved in the development of the latest Super Monkey Ball. And, uh, well, Matt, Matt seemed to imply a little bit differently than that. So the story is that Matt has been sort of teasing involvement with this game for a pretty long time. He seems pretty excited to be a part of it. But he's been teasing stuff for a long time. He's been, It was even before the release of this game that he was teasing stuff on his Instagram page, I believe it was. Um, and he was asked why he was not in the credits whenever some pre-release stuff was coming out. And he said, quote, legal issues still having announcers not credited or paid royalties is still a major issue with Sega Sammy. I'm an ad- advocate for both legal and moral rights for foreigners in Japan, end quote. Now, if that sounds a little specific, that's because it is. So Matt created a video on YouTube last year, in November of last year, called The Dark Side of Sega. And in that video, according to this article at least, he talks a little bit about how foreign-born voice actors are typically treated worse than Japanese-born voice actors. They don't typically receive the same literal credit in the credits. They don't necessarily get paid the same. And he apparently was pretty explicit about that. He was pretty clear about bringing that stuff to light. Well, he is not on this project anymore for Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, He's not credited and he's not heard in the game. So he is, well, he's not claiming this, but there seems to be a bit of a jump to be made here that says maybe talking out about the company has sort of forfeited his position in this game. Now, he had signed a non-disclosure agreement uh, about his work with this game, presumably. I believe he was on some other podcast or show or something and was 
teasing the game a little bit more than maybe he was allowed to. He was on a podcast where, or a, a show or whatever it was, where he was, they were, the host was asking him about what he was working on and if he could give any more details about any projects. And he sort of did some of the voices of the announcements from the monkey ball series. And it seems like if we're just connecting dots here, that that probably is what led to this happening. This was perform this. He, he was doing this kind of stuff before the announcement of banana mania even was made. So I find this story interesting for two reasons. Number one, I don't want to make light of his claims about foreign-born voice actors not getting enough credit and not getting paid the same way as Japanese-born voice actors. If that is true, then that's obviously not right. This is, it's not okay. I mean, that's the same, that's that's discrimination, right? Like, there's no really ifs, ands, or buts about that, and, and I hope that that's not the case. I don't really have any more information on that, and I don't have a good background on scenarios like that, but I really hope that that's not the case. And I hope that if it is the case, that him doing this will actually cause some change or at least put that in the public eye a little bit more. And I I applaud him for doing that if it is true. However, <laughs> the other side of this is just the, there's a certain level of it that doesn't have anything to do with the misaccreditation at all right he was working on this game he's teasing this game before it's even released i mean if i'm a game company i'm not really gonna love that right the thing about media in general uh, entertainment media when we're talking about movies and, and video games and tv shows so much of the success of a drop of this content is based in the advertising, the rollout, and the timing of all of this. They plan these things out very, very, very specifically because they understand, hey, look, if we don't market this the same way and we don't do this in, or the right way and we don't you know, add these little pieces and add this gameplay footage here and there, it's not going to do as well. Like That is a huge, huge part of it. Why do you think all of these huge games come out around the holiday season? It's because that's when people are buying games for their children or buying games from themselves or getting gifts for people. That's why they do this kind of thing. They do this stuff very explicitly and specifically. So I can understand why you would have someone sign an NDA to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't get compromised. Now, I don't know how much of the teasing really ruined their marketing for this game. I don't know that. I don't think that's even a quantifiable thing. But if I'm Sega, regardless of what he's saying about them, which we can get into that too, there's a certain level of, hey man, you're kind of blowing up our spot here and we don't think you're indispensable enough. <laughs> so see ya. <laughs> like I get that side of it. I think maybe he just kind of overplayed his hand a little bit. And here's the thing. If he's correct about what he's saying, and he's saying that foreign-born voice actors, which he very well may be, he is a foreign-born voice actor working in Japan for these games. So I understand that he has an inside knowledge here. I'm not doubting that. So perhaps he is right, and Sega's like, hey man, uh, we don't want to keep employing you if you're going to be trashing us like this. You know? So even if he's right, 
Like, look, if you want to keep working for the company, that's fine, but maybe you can't be airing their dirty laundry. (laughs) I just thought it was a really bold thing to do and to still be working for that company. Typically, when this kind of stuff comes out in other sectors, right, a lot of it uh, comes like anonymously, right? When when things like that, when there's like some level of injustice, people are don't want to speak up because they don't want to lose their jobs. Now, is that fair? Probably not. But like the reality of it is, if I'm running a company and I know that my employees are making these claims, if they're wrong, I definitely don't want them with the company. But even if they're right, then maybe I really don't want them with the company. You know, it's pretty. It's it's kind of a dirty underbelly thing, but realistically, like I think it makes logical sense. What's Sega going to do? Just be like, yeah, no, we uh, we treat our employees like crap, and that's what we do. Our foreign-born voice actors, yep, you're right. We don't pay them enough money. And I hate to side with the company here because, like I said, if he's right, then this should be something that 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 gets remedied, and there deserves to be more of a public eye on this. And I don't know what his response has been. I don't know if he's upset about this, about this lack of inclusion. I I haven't heard anything like that since. But I think maybe he just overplayed his hand a little bit here. It's one thing if he's the lone developer on a game, but to be the voice actor and... Well, obviously he was replaceable. If this is true, I really do hope that this is something that, that comes to light and gets fixed and that Sega is forced to to pay and credit their voice actors appropriately. But yeah, I think, I think Matt just kind of maybe got in over his head a little bit by making this video and then also teasing a whole bunch of stuff about the game before it came out. And that's a shame, but you know what? I don't want to make him a martyr, but good on him for being willing to talk about this. If he feels like it's an issue, that's, it's a brave thing to do, man to potentially give up your livelihood to to expose the wrongdoings of a huge company that has way more resources than you and probably way more ability to handle this kind of thing than you. I applaud that, but I think it's unfortunate that maybe maybe he just went a little bit of a step too far with the teasing when if he would have just stuck with staying in his lane in that regard and then exposing the negative side of the uh, the legality of, of pay and things like that might have had a better outcome for him, which I think was is is preferable. Just to see, you don't want to see someone go down fighting if they can stay up and finish the fight, I guess. But hopefully, Super Monkey Ball Banana Media is good, even without Brian Matt. I do think I'll pick it up. Maybe we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. We'll see. But if that's not your game, well, I'll try to do better next week. But for now, I got to go. I'm Oscar Zadkevich. This is the What's Your Game podcast. And you are the ones that make this show run. Don't forget to rate us, like us, subscribe to us. And until next time, have fun, folks. Have fun, folks.